series on, on uh, Are We There Yet? And uh, we've been looking at the different aspects of, of, of being family and what we need to do to pursue being healthy families. And uh, we've looked at what it means to be a family member in, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then last week, we looked at what it means to be a husband and wife. And so this week, we're just going to really dig out uh, what it means to be a parent. And today, I just want to focus on this one thought. I am a parent. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, what does that mean? How is that to be worked out in my life or as a couple or whatever your situation is? If you're a single parent or grandparents, you know, building the life of your grandkids. Now, for those of you who uh, may not know much about Sue and I, we are in our 34th year of marriage. And uh, yeah, you, you want to clap for that? All right. And, <laughs> and so uh, we have three adult children, uh, Chris and Steph, who are 30, almost 31 years old, and our youngest, Nick, who is uh, 26 years old. They're all married, and they are now living on their own uh, in different places around the Midwest. Uh, with their families. And uh, we are experiencing that um, new stage of life, grandparenting. We love it. And so you'll, uh, you'll see us shooting off different times to try to go see our grandkids, or especially Sue will do that, and head off to Ohio or fly to Georgia or in that one. And that's, we have three green, I should have put a picture up for you, shouldn't I? And every, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't even think about that. Shame on me. But uh, for, parent, for Sue and I, parenting has probably been one of the most fulfilling aspects of our lives. We have loved being parents. And uh, now, I, I want you to, don't misunderstand me. <laughs> uh, parenting has been one of the most challenging, one of the most growing, one of the most frustrating, testing, and agonizing things we've ever done. Um, uh, but it has also been one of the most joy-filled things we've done. And we loved it. We love it. We loved it. We love it. And you know, we still love it. We love the adventure of and, and challenge of, of parenting. We love the journey of parenting. This, you know, this light, you know, you got this, you got these 18 to 22 years of investment in everyday life, you know, and we love that journey. And 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 uh, we pursued it in 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 those in those years. And when all of a sudden it was over, it was like, what are we gonna do? You know, and 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 that. And so we've been now discovering this next phase of of, of parenting, of grandparenting in particular, and and this ongoing relationship where we are encourager and counselor to our kids in in, in their life. Now. There are two things that have guided our lives, our marriage, and our parenting. And um, these things, these two things have been foundational, foundational to us seeing, I believe, seeing our parenting fulfilling. And regardless of what's been going on in our kids' lives and that, but seeing it be very fulfilling for us as, as, as we have pursued being parents. And, and these two, 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 two things that have guided our life is that we have we have really uh, defined what is our purpose 
and our mission. And we've defined our, uh, see if I can get this thing to advance. We, uh, we have defined, oh, there we go, back one more. I don't know if you want to help me. There you go. We defined our purpose, all right, as this, to love God and love others. And it comes from Mark 12. Mark 12, what he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so that has defined our purpose. And we've looked to live this out in our, in our own lives, in our marriage, and also in our parenting. But we also have defined our mission. And our mission is this, uh, to make disciples. See if I can get that. There we go. Yeah, okay, someone jumped. All right. To make disciples. I'm just going to put this down, George, and you advancing for me. All right, sound good? All right, good. Thank you. And so uh, our mission has been this, to make disciples. And it comes from Matthew 28, uh, verses 19 through 20. Therefore, go, all right, make disciples of all nations. You can advance that slide. There you go. And, uh, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you, you, with you always to the very end of the age. And so our purpose and our mission, all right, these things have been, been, been guiding our lives. We, 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 uh, we look to let this, this is what encompassed who we are. As we came together, and, you know, as we started to develop this relationship, as our lives crossed paths in college, and, you know, God got a hold of our lives when we were younger, and then our lives crossed paths in college, we, you know, this has been our commitment, all right? Our commitment to this purpose and this mission, and it's been foundational for our lives, personally, for our, our marriage as we live out our relationship with one another and, and, and for our parenting. It's been so foundational. And so we've, we've been pursuing this for 34 years in, in, in our lives and, and, and been key and essential. So here's the thing. When our first two kids came into our lives, we, we turned to the Word of God and, and we turned our, to our relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and, and we looked to that to guide us in how to be loving parents. And we looked at, we looked to, you know, let it guide us in, in how to make God-loving disciples ultimately of our kids. And so these, these two, these are, this, our purpose and our mission has been essential to what has, has, has guided us for these, these 34 years of parenting. So today, uh, if you're looking, if, if, first of all, if you are a parent, Man, or maybe you're someone that is, is looking down the road to becoming a parent. You know, the thing I want to challenge you is really, if there's one thing I want you to get out of this morning, that is this. Define your purpose and your mission. All right? I believe God has given us that purpose and mission. And I just explained that to you. All right? But I, I want to challenge you. What is your purpose? and mission for parenting. And I would ask this question. Have you decided what your purpose and mission is? Have you decided? Have you dealt with that? Are you just kind of looking in, in survival mode to this whole thing of parenting? See, God calls us not to, not to survive, but what? To thrive, right? 
And, and, and it, comes, it comes in. And I know, man, I know what it is in, in, in the everyday aspect of parenting. But God calls us, calls us to this. And I, want to, you know, I would declare before you this, this one thing. As for me and my household, all right, soon I would declare, as for me, us and our household, we're going to love God, love others, and make disciples. And we've determined that. And that continues to guide us even as we, as we look at being grandparents, all right, and, and as we are, I shouldn't say look to be, we are grandparents, all right, as we are grandparents, and we experience this in, in, in our life. And as we, we go forth each day, we're looking at this, the guide. As for, as for us, man, you know, as, for our household, we're going to love God. We're going to love others. And we're going to pursue making disciples. That's what drives our life. That's what drives our marriage. And that's what drives our parenting, our parenting, even grandparenting. Now, one key passage from the Bible we've studied to guide us to fulfill our purpose and mission has been Ephesians. So I invite you to open your Bibles uh, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And... uh, here we, we see a foundational truth for what should guide parents uh, in, in, in really pursuing God's ultimate purpose for us and his mission for us in, in parenting. And it says, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, these verses written by the Apostle Paul to the early church believers, uh, we see in these verses, we see both sides of the family relationship. And if you were to study Ephesians, you would see that he's calling the Ephesians and he's really focusing in, especially as he came to chapter 5, he wants them to live by the Spirit of God. And then he describes different relationships that, that are spirit-God-led and how they relate and function and, and, and how his love is worked out in that. And so he comes to the parent relationship here and he speaks to that. And, and he, he, looks, um, he looks to explain that and, and, and develop this. Now, parents, you love these verses, don't you? Come on, admit it. You love, you know, next to John 3.16, right? Every parent loves to quote these verses, right? Especially in the heat of the moment. <laughs> Children, you know, obey your parents. So we love these verses. Now, there's a few things you could do with this passage. And people, I think, have messed up this passage uh, in many ways. Uh, the first, you can ignore it. And as a parent, you can ignore it and basically say, me and my kids, we're going to live how we want. And we're, you know, this life is not about God. It's about, it's about what we want. So, and, and then choose, and then I would say, okay, get ready for whatever, you know, that brings and what you do. I, I know that if I did things that way in my own life, I would mess it up royally. Okay. And so part of this is saying, you know, okay, you got to expect the consequences of that. All right. Number two, though, um, you can take this passage. And you can use it like a verbal club 
uh, to hit your kids up every time they do something you don't want, right? You know, God says, man, children obey their parents. Come on. Bam, right? Bam, yeah, you know? You know, and we, we can quote verse 2, right? And, and we'll, we'll get it in there. And, and we, can, we can use that to um, kind of smash our kids upside the head. Or verse 3, the one I recommend, I mean, obviously, or, or, or option 3, I should say, the one I recommend is that you can take this passage and use it as a guide to help you lead your kids. So ultimately, this passage, it was written to parents, not as much to kids. Yeah, kids will hear it and come and understand. But ultimately, the, you know, the Bible here, is, this context, was, it's written to the parents for them to have some understanding about how to raise their kids. And so you can use this as a guide to help you love your, lead your kids to, to love God, uh, love others, and become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, here's the thing. Your kids have to choose what they're going to do with Jesus Christ. And, and that, is, that is, they will make that choice. But as a parent who's a follower of Jesus Christ, I have the responsibility to lay the foundation for that to happen. I got to lay a foundation. I need to, you know, uh, I need to lay this foundation where they can stand upon it. And, and, and that's really what I want to focus on the rest of our time this morning. How to take this passage and let it guide you, all right? Guide you uh, for, for the, to help you be a better parent. How to help you raise your kids to love God, love others, and become a Jesus Christ. Now, after this studying this passage, there's been some truths uh, for parenting that we saw as a couple. And the one is, first of all, it's up on the, on the board there for you already, is I need to raise my children to understand authority and responsibility. And see, as I teach my children to love God, all right, they need to understand that they have, they have authority. They are under, I should say, they're under authority and have responsibility to, to that authority for God. Uh, this, this command to obey their parents is there for a reason. There's, 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 there's an underlying under, uh, truth that needs to be understood here. And see, obedience is part of our relationship with God. And, 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 and as they learn to obey their parents, they learn what it is to live under a relationship with God. We learn to love God through our desire to obey Him and follow Him. Now, when I, when I was, my kids were really young, five years old, all right? So this is like 25 years ago. And so I would, I would say to my two kids, uh, my, 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 my two oldest, I, I would say, I would ask my kids, who's the boss? You ever do that? Come on. You haven't done that? Who's the boss? And my kids would respond, you are, Dad. I loved it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And, you know, and so I, I'd ask them, who's the boss? And they'd say, oh, you are, Dad. And, and, I, and at that moment, I had a purpose why I was asking, okay? And, and that kind of thing. I says, no, 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 Chris and Steph. I'm not the boss. God is the boss. Ultimately, he's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's the one we're following. So I have a responsibility to God and how I raise you. And so I want you to understand that. Ultimately, I'm responsible to God. I'm not the boss here in this thing. God is. He's, he's over it all. And so we're, we're going to look to follow after him. And so I used it. And, and as much as I love to hear, you are the boss. No, I'm not. I'm not. You've got you know, to understand that. 
This is about God. See, this is about our relationship with God. And so this obedience in the home, it lays, it lays this foundation for their, their understanding of God. And, and also, I would add to that, their understanding of how much God loves them and cares for them too in, in that regard. And so as I live that out, I have a great responsibility. This obedience also in the home, it lays the foundation for living under authority in this world. Uh, everyone needs to understand that they live under authority and must respect the authority in their lives. We all live under authority. And, and, and this goes beyond just God. As a child learns to obey their parents, they are learning about the things we must be obedient to throughout our lives. They're learning uh, to obey the, the other voices of authority, whether it be in school, whether it be in government, whether it's in a job, you have authorities even in your job that you play, you choose to place yourself under. And they, need, they learn to understand that, that those things will become part of their life. I, you, know, uh, you know, here's the reality. And, and, and a great part of the responsibility of parenting, okay, is your, that your child needs to understand that they will always live under that authority. It will be there one way or another. Authority will be there. And we have a responsibility to it. Even as a dog, I have authority in my life that I live under. And, then, you know, obviously it starts with God and there's government authorities. You know, if I go out and I kill someone, obviously, right, the authorities will come for me, right? It's part of the reality. If I go steal something, the authorities are going to, and as a believer, you got to watch out because God's going to help your sins be found out, right? <laughs> so, because he wants to help grow you and develop you and, and all that. So, I have authorities. In my job, I, as a pastor here, I'm under the authority of Pastor Brent. I've chosen and I put myself under authority. And so, I have a responsibility to that authority and the elders of our church, all right? And so, there's, there's those authorities, all right, that we have in our life. And, and we, we need to understand that. Now, Notice the phrase. Look back at the text. It says, in the Lord. He uses this a couple times. But here's the thing. Obedience is ultimately about one's relationship with God. We have, we have a responsibility to teach our kids right from wrong. Uh, but also teaching them that they need to be living life in the Lord. And here's the thing. Every child needs to know. Every child needs to understand. One, all right? Their need for the Lord. Their need for the Lord. That they are a sinner who needs to be saved from sin. I know you think your kid is perfect. My daughter thought her, um, our granddaughter was, you know, she's just perfect when she was, you know, born, you know, oh, dad, she's perfect. Yeah, 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 perfect. And then she became like one, and, you know, and then she turned two, and she's got a little independent mind. Oh, she's not perfect anymore. No, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and there, she's, a, she's a ball of energy. And then she just stops. She, she never stops. She's just going every waking hour, you know. It's just, and so they need to understand that, yeah, they are a sinner. We all are born in sin. And, and so part of that is in grace and truth. And, hey, we all, you know, we all were born in sin. And, and that they also need to, under, uh, need to know that, understand that they need to know the Lord. They need to admit that they are a sinner and believe that Jesus died for them and confess him as Lord and Savior. They need to come to that place. And, and part of that is engaging them, not manipulating them in that, but also engaging them and helping them understand, laying the foundation. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. And I, I, I come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they are called to love the Lord, called to love the Lord. 
loving God and loving others, that, that they have a purpose and mission. God loves you, man. He gives you, a, he gives you that identity. He gives you that belonging. He gives you that purpose or that meaning for life. And so we begin to lay that. And so they need to know that this aspect of, of being uh, in the Lord. I need to raise my children to, to understand authority and responsibility. But secondly, here's the thing that comes next out of this text. And it says, I need to raise my children to respect others. Now, look back at verse 2. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Here's the thing. Respect... All right, starts first with a child learning about this attitude relationship that we also are to have in regards to parents. You know, this, this speaks about that, that attitude that towards a parent of one of respect. And what happens is that when a child learns to respect their parents in the home, they, they grow up with a natural respect of people, of others of neighbors, and then when they enter into school, of, of teachers, all right? And, 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 and children who honor their parents have little trouble honoring the Lord, other authority figures, and other people. And so this is part of that, that process. But a child, here's the thing, but a child who disrespects his parents usually has little respect for others. You know, um, when my kids were in middle, uh, actually elementary and middle school, uh, my kids went to Della Lutz before it, it, I guess it doesn't exist anymore. And, then, and they also went to Pierce. And, and one of the things as, as they were growing up and we're laying and we're building into their life, teaching them right and long, we teach them, hey, you need to respect your teacher. Uh, what is your attitude to your teacher? If you have a problem with your teacher, you, you, don't, um, you don't go after them. You come talk to us and we'll go together and work through this together and see what, you know, understanding. And so, but when we came to parent-teacher conferences, uh, one of the things we would say to the kids, we say, okay, is there anything we need to know? I want to know, all right? Is there anything we need to know? Because, uh, and I want you to know, I'm not as worried about grades. We can deal with that. Uh, I, we can study. I, I, that, in fact, that's low on my totem pole. You, you know what's on my totem pole, man? Uh, I shouldn't use, use the word totem pole. You know what's high on my priority list? All right, priority list. Uh, it's uh, it's attitude. Do you have a good attitude towards your teacher? Are you lo- are you there striving to learn? I want to know. I want to know. And uh, I love you, man. But I want to prepare you for life. You know. And they they look at me. You know. And I say, No, Dad. There's no problems. Should be fine. I say, Okay, good. So we go and we listen. And, um, and, and, and I would ask the teacher, hey, just, just you know, good to see, see their, how they're doing, the progress and stuff like that. But you know, we really believe that we're responsible for our kids' education. And so we, are, uh, we ultimately have the responsibility here to build into their lives. So I, I look at the teacher and I say, hey, um, what's, you know, what's, my, what's my child's attitude there? Are they are respectful for you? That's the first most important thing. And they, they look at me and strangely, you know, And uh, we usually had no problems with teachers, okay? When we did, we, we addressed it. And, you know, when bullying came up at Pierce uh, with my oldest son, we, we, we went in, we addressed it, we talked about it with the teacher. And, 
we began to work on some progress. We talked about how uh, our son, Chris, needed to respond to it and how he can work through some of those things. And, and we, we processed that and, uh, and, and didn't go always perfectly like we want, but we continued to commit it to prayer and ask God to step in and intervene and do whatever's necessary. We worked at that. We worked at that. Okay? And, and, and so we, 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 we were definitely involved in our kids, you know, education and, and parenting is it, it, a big part of that in that way. So, see, there's a thing to understand here, and, and it says here in verse 2 and 3, as you build this in, it says this, it comes with a promise. Do you see that? We're told in verse 2 and 3 that healthy child-parent relationships brings God's promise of blessing into the family. I'm not talking about perfection into the family but it brings God's hand into the family. I tell you, and that's what we need all over this community is where God's hand is coming into the families. And we're seeing God as parents raise their kids and, and as they're looking to build in their life, God's love and his truth and his grace and, 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 and just living that out, all right? And as we see that hand, God's hand then comes into our families. And what happens is God's hand comes into our community, amen, right? And, and, that, and it begins to transform a community as we, as we learn and, 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 and under, see the power of, of God's hand on us. See, ultimately, this is about, this is about you and, the, and your kids and your relationship with God as a family. And so as a parent, you know, I wanted to live out God's love and truth before my kids and see it transform their lives. And so I need to raise my kids to respect others. There's a last thing that comes out of here, and that, that is this. I need to raise my kids with love and truth. Look back at verse 4. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. <clears throat> Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, this word fathers, in the context, you can, it can refer to both parents in this context. So it's saying fathers, mothers, all right? And we are, we are told not to exasperate our children. Other translations, uh, they'll, they'll use this phrase, provoke not your children to wrath. Don't, you know, and, and this phrase refers to a pattern of treatment that builds up resentment uh, in, in the child. And we, and we have this, this responsibility not to let that resentment towards you, towards God, you know, and how we treat. So we're, we are part of that, integral part of that. When children are, are provoked to wrath, they usually act, acted out in hostility towards parents and other authorities. And so, so you, you can, you know, if you connect the dots a little bit, if there's something going on in your child, you gotta, you gotta dig deeper with your child. Hey, what's going on here? You know, you, you got anger spurring up. Let's talk about that. All right. Why is this anger here? Um, it's, it, it's, it, it, you know, am I being overbearing, or am I? What's what's going on? What what are you struggling with here? And, and there, there could be a variety of things. Now, there's also I think what's important to understand uh, about this is that your kids need from you different things in the different stages of their lives. See, if you try to parent as though they are eight year old when they are a 15 year old, we're gonna frustrate them. <laughs> All right. And what was really helpful this last week, I listened to this podcast and, and just also just thinking through some things that Sue and I processed in parenting. 
is that we began to see the different stages, all right, and we understood the different stages of parenting, okay? And you, you, it's important. You got to understand the different station stages of parenting and what's vital to that stage, and, and be proactive in a sense as as you build into the life of your kids. And the first stage is this: it's from uh, birth to 13 years, and that's what I, I call foundational parenting. And this is where you lay a foundation for them to stand upon, knowing right and wrong, knowing unconditional love that your love. God's love is not conditioned on how they respond, all right? Knowing uh, that uh, they need their need to know the Lord, uh, that they, you know, know how to respect and, and that they have authorities in their life and all those things that will help them stand strong. And this, is, this comes from the word of God. It's, 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 a, it's a big part. And so these first years are about laying that up, usually, you know, right around age 13, you can start to release, you know, and, and we're not building as much foundation. Now we're building on that. And that leads us to the second stage. And and um, uh, I got this from Kara Powell with Fuller Youth Institute, these next three stages. I thought, boy, that's really good. I like that. I want to share it with you. But the second stage is from 13 to 18 years where they need te- a teaching parent, all right, where you, you, you take the foundation you laid in those younger years, and now you teach them how to apply. Okay, what we know, hey, we know what truth is. We know what uh, what our, our, our purpose and our mission is. And we know, how does God got, want us to apply that? How we how do we respond? And, and this is where you you let uh, things happen sometimes so that they grow and learn and, 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 and in that regard. And, and you teach them how to apply it in every day. You help them think for themselves. They got to learn to think for themselves. And you want them to be doing that, all right? They need to think clearly and know how to think the thinking processes in, in that regards and how to take truth and apply it in their life. This is where you're preparing them to launch into life. And it's so vital, so so important in, in this stage that you, you, you start to do this transition from foundation to, to application, in, in a sense, teaching them, okay, what is it? Okay, how... What, what are you thinking? And then if you need to add in some additional foundational truth, you add that back in and, and you begin to build in their life. Then thirdly, there's a third stage. It's from 18 to 23 years. And this is guiding parents. It's where you're looking and this becoming more vital, important in, in our day. It's where you, you, you look to be influenced and helping them think through where God is leading them in life. Helping them to you know, clarify their identity as a person, their belonging as an individual, and their purpose in life. And it becomes part of a central part. And so you're here, here you've launched, but now you're just, it's, you know, if they're off to college or they're off to tech school or they're off to a job, you're looking to influence. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about that. You know, I remember this time when, when my son, Chris, he graduated from uh, college with a philosophy degree. And um, I know. I said in my life that I would never let my son take a philosophy degree. <laughs> and then my son came in his senior year and he says, Dad, I want to study philosophy. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about this. And so he, he began to talk to me and he says, well, this is really my passion. What drives me? Well, I go, Chris, what are you going to do with this job of philosophy? What, how, how, you know, what, what, are you, what are you going to do with it? And he, he began to say, well, I, I, I want to become a philosophy professor. Okay, so you want to be a doctor. A doctor of philosophy. He goes, yes, okay, then that's the goal. And so we set out for those four years, and he 
pursued, I, and I encouraged him along and influenced him and said, hey, all right, how's it going you know, in your studies? And, you know, and he became one of the top philosophy students in his college there at Wheaton College. And so he pursued that. And, and, and that but then there came a problem. <laughs> and the problem was that if you're going to become a doctor of philosophy, you you got to get up what's called a fellowship. Do you know what a fellowship is? So you got to get this fellowship, and and that and if you don't get a fellowship, then you're stuck in the water. You know, you just kind of you know you're, you're not going to get to move on, sail on. And so he he, he applied for a couple of then different uh, uh, fellowships where he's going to go off to New York and and study and, and become a doctor of, of philosophy, but he didn't get the fellowship because see there was six fellowships for 250 applicants, and needless to say, he didn't get it. So he's living in my basement, all right, and he comes home and he's got a job, got picked up a job back at the uh, at the uh, at the bookstore, and and so we began to just okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? And so I went down to to his room in the basement and we sat down and I says, Chris, and he was really struggling, really struggling. God, what you know, what am I doing? There's just a real lot going on. We're praying through it. And I said, Chris. And, and he wanted to, he wanted to date, he wanted to marry this girl he met too. <laughs> and her dad was saying, "No way." And uh, and uh, a part of the story. And I said, "Chris, here's the thing. You know, we had a plan, and we're working that plan, and we're asking God to bless it. But it looks like God is changing the plan. Let's figure it out." And so I began to counsel him and say, okay, well, let's figure this out. Chris, how about this? You know, once you get this clarified, that girl you want to marry, then you can tell her, hey, this is where I'm going. And if she wants to join you on that, that next stage of life, then she'll join you. But you got to trust God in this and, and you got to seek God in this right now. And so for the next two weeks, I want you to, let's just commit this to prayer. I'll pray. Your mom will pray. You pray. You pray about what God wants. What is it that he has for you? What's where, where's he leading you? The plans are changing. So we need to adjust to the plan of God. And so two weeks later, he came back and said, God, God, I got a plan, God. God you know, I've been seeking counsel. I've been seeking direction. And then he goes, I'm going to law school. And so he goes off to law school, and he's a lawyer today. Okay? And so God changes those things, all right? But that role, okay, of influencer, counselor, okay, speaking into his life, becomes essential part of the, part of that. And now today he's giving me two of my grandkids. They're going to carry on the man's name. They're both boys. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. There's this fourth stage, though. It's from 23 to 28. And it, this is where you're researching your kids and where you share wisdom you learn in life, you know, and you pray for them. Sue and I, Sue and I are our kids' biggest prayer warriors. They're constantly in our prayers. And that's, that's resourcing them, okay? We don't have the, the, and we don't want that everyday, day-to-day parent. We don't want that. We raised them to go and launch into life, okay? We, we enjoyed that part of parenting. Now, we want them to pursue life. But now we see, and this really is, you know, these, these years of, 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 you know, of, of 23 to 28 and on, okay, becomes where we, we look for opportunities to share wisdom. 
And, um, and so, and usually when you share wisdom is when they ask for it, okay? <laughs> not before or not after, okay? And so part of that is, is learning to discern when do can, God, when, and, and then you pray, God, give me opportunities to speak into your life as you want, you know, share some wisdom. And I tell you, this, this happens every day with, I should ever say every, every week with my wife, all right? And, and, and that's where, you know, Stephanie, who now is the mother of our granddaughter, our only granddaughter, the love of our granddaughters, you know, we love, we love Eloise. And, and so she calls every week to talk to Sue. And um, she talk, you know, calls every week just, to, okay, this is what I'm going through, what's going on. And, and Sue, it, I can hear Sue talking to her and just being very careful about what she says, but having discernment. Okay, God, what it is, what you want me to stay and speak into their life, resourcing Stephanie as, as she raises this two-year-old now. And, and, and see, here's the thing that they need at this point. They need, they need someone who's committed to journeying with them and not judging them. And this is about the journey. The, you know, this is not about being, uh, you know, that, 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 that guru on top of the mountain. I'm the all-wise one, yes. No, I'm the one that's right here beside you. I'm praying for you like you don't even, you don't even know how much I'm praying for you. And I'm here for you, and, 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 and we're, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to make sacrifices and, and, and be a part and, and, and asking you to do it. Now, my sons, I think I created them, or I raised them to be too independent because they barely call me, all right? But, uh, <laughs> but when they do... All right, when they do, man, you know, I look to uh, speak as God allows in their life. I talk to them about how they're treating their wives. How are you treating those wives? You, you taking care of her? You loving on her? Uh, you know, I talk about how they're being spiritual leaders. Hey, how, where's, guys, where's the church, man? You know, well, how's it going and what's the relationship? And are, are you involved in the church? I talk about those things and speak in their life, but. As they as they allow, and then I pray, 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 pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you look back at verse four, it says, "Fathers, do not exasperate your children." But there's a second part. It says, "Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord." Four things, really quick here. Parents, we are to build up our children. Build up our children. This phrase, the idea of our nourishing. All right, we are to help them reach their fullest potential in the Lord. Be to help them be all that God has created them to be. Secondly, parents, we are to teach our children. And these are about the foundational years, all right? It's the training and nurturing. It's the idea of the whole education of the child. Being, don't, don't, don't hand your kids off to the school. Be, be actively involved in what they're doing and help them then succeed in school. You know, I go into Grayson, and um, I read with kids every Wednesday morning. And as I read there, you know, one of the things, I love it. The kids, more and more kids want to read with me out of this class. It's kind of fun. You know, at first, I only had a certain set. Now, the whole class, yeah, we'll go read with Mr. Mark, you know. And so I go in and, and read, and I, and I talk to them, and I, I, I look to inspire these kids. And, I, you know, I was talking to one gal the other day, and she loved this science book. I said, well, you like science? Well, yeah, I love science, but I want to be a scientist someday. Well, you know what you can do with being a scientist? And you go, oh, well, I never thought about this. You ever think you can be a nurse? You can be a doctor? I want to be a doctor. I said, cool. <laughs> That'd be great. And, and so there's this aspect. But one of the things, you know, I, I think is so important is, you know, I'll ask the kids, I'll say, hey, hey, so, you know, one of the things that help you along in reading is, 
you go home and read this book with your parents. And you think of parents that do that? And some say, yeah. But others say no. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And I want to say, everybody invest, in, invest, 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 invest. Also, parents, are, we are to encourage our children. The word instruction, counsel here, uh, it, it means to counsel or encourage. Along with it comes a, a maturing process, a discipline process where you help them grow in maturity in that way. And then lastly, parents, we are to dis- ultimately disciple parents. It says, of the Lord, of the Lord. We have a responsibility to help them understand their need for God. And we're a disciple them in the word in, in our life. Um, and I would ask you this closing question. Have you defined your purpose and mission as a parent? Have you defined that? As for me and my household, we're going to love God, love others, and make disciples. i got to tell you one last, one last uh, story. Because the reality is there's no perfect parents, there's no perfect kids. But you can put up my gremlin picture there. When I was in high school, freshman high school, I, uh, the worship team, you can come. They're going to close this in a song. And, and I want you to know, Chris said, it's all right if I go along. Okay? Just, just, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, when I was in high school, uh, actually, as a junior higher and a high schooler, and you may think this is terrible, but, but I learned how to drive a car in eighth grade. Okay? And my brothers taught me how to drive a car. And I would, um, in ninth grade, I, 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 you know, I would drive. My dad would let me drive, drive the car. We would do it how we do it. I probably shouldn't say this, but the, we would do it because we attended Union Lake Baptist Church down here. Okay. And so I remember, Dad, can I go pull up the car? Okay. And so he tossed me the keys and, and I go out and I pull the car out pull around and pull it up underneath the canopy there. And I would, I would um, then, you know, put it in the park and all that, get out, and he'd jump in and we all go home. It was great, you know, it was great. Well, my dad took a job uh, with this AMC dealer down off of Union Lake Road. And he was a service guy. And so one of the benefits of, of, of that job was that he would, um, he would bring home cars, used cars. I loved it. And one time he brought home a Corvette. He let me drive it from the front to the back. It was like 40 feet, but I drove it, you know. It's the only time I've driven a Corvette. And, um, and I just, because I love cars, you know. And well, and he would drink, and I would drive, and we moved to this one house. We were moving around a lot in those years when I was in middle school. Just uh, what, new house, new house, new house, you know, three years in a row, practically. And, and so he brought home this car, and, uh, and, uh, and one of the things, we lived in this neighborhood where I could drive around the block. It was all dirt, and it was no big deal. You know, you can't get over 10 miles. So he brought home with this gremlin. I love the gremlin. It was like, yes, I love Dad, you brought home a gremlin. This is awesome. And so he goes, Dad, and I'm, you know, I'm walking out. We had this routine. I walk out, and he would toss me the keys, and I walk out, and I just drive the car around and, and that. And we had this carport, and I pulled in the carport and all this. Well, the gremlin, it was souped up a little bit, you know, and that. And so I'm going around, and I was, and I think this was even, my brother taught me a stick shift. I think it was with a stick shift, and, you know, and it was like, and I got going a little fast. And so I got going a little fast, and, 
it was like, and I'm coming in a little too fast. And I go, oh, no, I hit the brakes. I'm pulling into the carport. And I just stopped before hitting the house. I said, praise Jesus. See, I was still walking with Jesus. You know, it's like, and so, so I pull in. I almost hit the house and underneath this carport. And, but I get out, and I thought, oh, thank you, God, that I did not hit the house with the gremlin. And I get out, and I look on the center post. Of the, I'm like that far away from the center post. And I think, oh, this is my reputation. I cannot leave the car here, okay? So I got to get this out. So I start edging the car. And it would just hit the back fender, but I pull it up. And finally, I got away about that far. And I was looking under the car, you know, door open down under the car and looking and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and then I thought, oh, thank you. I got it far enough. I hit the gas, forgot to close the door. Yeah. I watched that door catch that post, come around, and kiss that front fender. Oh, no. I pull up. All right? Pull that thing. The door won't even close. It's a foot. And I I back it out, and I'm walking around the car. And and my dad's thinking, well, he's been out there a little long. I better go check on him. He walks out, okay? And and I go, go, Dad, no, Dad, no, 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 Dad, no, no, no. I'm just running around the car. No, 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 Dad. I'm so sorry. And he goes, what, what, Mark? What happened? And he looks at the car door, and he goes, no, Mark. And I stepped back. I thought I might be dying. <laughs> and he turns and he walks away and walks in the house. And I follow him. Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He goes, Mark, uh, you don't understand. I could lose my job over this. Uh, I, I am, I, this, this could be the end. You know, I barely just got this job. And what, Mark, you don't understand. I, I trusted you and then you, you, you didn't, and I was just sinking, you know, down in my seat. And, and I, I tell you, he goes, and we went out right? all Saturday. We went to every junkyard to try to find a door. It wasn't going to fix that thing. And finally, we come home, and he gets it so at least it can close. And we're just pounding on that gremlin and and uh, and, and that kind of thing. And so then he he says, okay, I, I, Mark, we taught you to pray. You need to pray because I'm going to work today. And he drove that gremlin to work. And I prayed like never before. Grew my faith a lot. Prayed like never before. And all day, I'm at school, at Wall Lake Middle School, and I'm just praying, praying, praying. Or at Wall Lake Central, I should say. I'm at Wall Lake Central. I'm just praying, 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 asking God, God, have mercy on my dad, on our family. This is his only livelihood. We're, we're poor, Dad. We don't have anything, you know. And, uh, and then he came home. That night, and I was waiting at the door, and all right, Dad, what happened? And how's it going? He goes, Well, Mark, uh, this is the plan. Every Saturday for the next two months, you're going to be working. <laughs> and we're going to work this off. And the boss said, We can do this, and we can pay for this. So that Saturday, I'm in the shop, I'm putting together things, I'm cleaning floors, I'm sweeping floors, I'm doing whatever necessary. Never once, though, did my dad yell, anger at me. Never once did he in that that explode at me. And and, and then he he used that. You know what? I still remember that to today, right? 
He became that example of God to me, of his love, truth, teaching me responsibility, and on the list goes. And so I call you. Would you stand with me? We're going to close in a song. But I just, you know, have you made this decision as a parent? What is your purpose? You know, what is your purpose? What is your mission?